This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 25th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Education was supposed to be a big issue for Republicans, who aren't Jeb Bush, to hammer Common Core, but it hasn't turned out that way. Instead, the biggest issue in education this election season is Bernie Sanders' pitch for tuition-free college. Cato's Neil McCluskey offers his thoughts. Presidential candidates don't usually talk about education uh, in primaries that often, and so what have they said this uh, early in this uh, game about uh, education and the federal role in it? There's been one big education issue in this election. Uh, it hasn't been what most people thought it would be. It hasn't been about the Common Core. It hasn't been whether the federal government uh, should be controlling what happens in K-12 through education. Uh, it's been about college costs. Uh, in particular, this has been big in the, the Democratic primary. It's something, though, that comes up with the Republicans, too. You know, why is the cost of college so high? And that's because that's become really kind of the dominant education story and education thing uh, in the last five or six years. Yeah. Bernie Sanders has been driving the debate for the most part on the Democratic side about college education and its expense. Well, what Bernie Sanders has been doing is he's been pushing it from the left. It's not to say that other candidates don't want to talk about this and haven't already, but he's the one who's gone the farthest to say, well, it should be more or less free. Nobody's actually saying it should be absolutely free, uh, but he would go the farthest to say, well, you should be able to get free community college. You ought to be able to get free uh, four-year public college. Um, Hillary Clinton would say, well, you shouldn't have to go into debt, so it shouldn't be free, but you should pay less. Um, but it's all been some variety. If we're going to give you more for less of your own money. And, and clearly, uh, Bernie Sanders has been the main driver of that, although the Obama administration, before we really got into primary time, talked a lot about free community college. And so already you'd seen somebody put down a flag, say, let's make some portion of this free. And that's really been the big issue. And it does. College costs resonates really across the spectrum. Because it doesn't matter what your politics are. You tend to think that, well, we would like it if more people went to college. And everybody recognizes that the price is astronomical. The problem is nobody wants to talk about the real problem, which is not just price but the overall cost. Because, of course, there are big subsidies that go into the schools directly from states and local governments, as well as those subsidies that go to students, which are the big price drivers, not necessarily the total cost drivers. But since everybody recognizes this, they say it's a problem, but they don't want to say we need at the federal level to reduce, to phase out all the aid, the, the loans, the grants, the tax credits that have just told colleges raise your prices at really fast rates. We'll make sure people can pay them. But nobody wants to touch that because as soon as you say that, you don't get to be Santa Claus. And we saw actually in the, the most in 2012 election, uh, Mitt Romney did say he was on the stump, you know, speaking to college. And somebody said, well, how do, you, how do you make college more affordable? And one of the things he said is you should shop around for the best price. And immediately, you know, the Obama campaign put out these, you know, these videos, these ads saying he doesn't know your problems, he doesn't care about you. And all he's saying is something that's pretty reasonable, which is maybe ought to Look for the best price, the best value. And so people are afraid to talk about, let's get rid of the aid. So we've got a lot of talk about it's too expensive. And on the Democratic side in particular, how do we give it away more cheaply to, to the student? But nobody's really talking about meaningful solutions other than you know, I have to give a little credit to, to Marco Rubio. He's not, he's not attacking the root problem, but he's at least saying things like, 
Maybe we need different models. Maybe we need to go with an income share agreement where an investor essentially invests in your human capital and says, look, I think you're someone who should go to college. You'd benefit from it. And then you will pay me back a part of your income for a set amount of time. I bear the risk that maybe you're not going to have a lot of income, but you'll pay me back. And that makes more sense in loans because a big problem with loans is you take out a lot of money and the instant you graduate or even before that, depending on the kind of loan you have, you owe X amount. And it's always going to be X amount, even though you may not make much when you start out. But you may make a lot more later. So there are people talking about, you know, around the edges how to fix it. But nobody's saying we got to get rid of all this artificial incentive to pay for college. Now, hasn't that that idea that uh, Rubio has floated? Hasn't that actually been tried and uh, found wanting? Well, it's been tried in some places. Uh, Yale oddly tried it for themselves. Basically, those saying that. You know this. You know this year's uh, group will pay for next year's group, and it's sort of sort of like a Ponzi scheme. Not exactly, but what they found was most people just weren't repaying, and they weren't repaying at the rate they needed to keep it sustainable. Uh, and one of the problems that is recognized is, even though conceptually this is a good idea, there is an enforcement problem. How do you get people to report their actual income, and then how do you make them pay it back? Um, and so where the, the federal interaction would be is they may have to supply or at least verify your income data. Uh, and, and so the real difficulty has been in the enforcement part. And, but I think you could, you could work on that and it may be something that's viable. I think the more important problem is if the federal government does it or a state or local government, almost certainly what they'll say is we'll have income share agreements, but we'll give it to anybody to go anywhere and pay any amount. And if you're, you know, the right kind of, if it's low income, you become a teacher, you do something that people think is nice, fuzzy and nice, um, that they'll just forgive it all. And you'd have the same problem of massive, massive price inflation and waste, and you've just tweaked how does the person pay it back if they pay it back. Have any of the other Republicans made any uh, bold pronouncements about higher ed? Well, the Bush uh, campaign uh, just recently, so just in the last few days, uh, came out with their sort of overall education plan. And their plan is basically you'd have a giant federal education savings account, depending on which, whether you're talking about pre-K or K through 12 or higher ed, how it works would be slightly different, but it seems like from what they've put out, and it needs a lot more detail, but it would be one education savings account for every, for every person. And a lot of it would be money you put in, but it's like a Coverdell or 529 where you don't pay tax on that money that you put in there. Um, but it's not like somebody else giving it to you. But for pre-K, he says, look, we'll also give you the federal amount that goes into pre-K programs now for your student. We'll stick that in your ESA. And then once you get to the higher ed level, they said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to put $50,000 in your ESA, potentially that much, depending on how much you need. But then you pay it back sort of like a loan, but it's a loan that's contingent on your income, and we would cap how much you repay. And again, you have the problem of, well, okay, so schools say it takes more than that. They charge you more than that. And all the pressures for government to just say, okay, we're going to raise it. And by the way, if you're, you know, if you're working for the federal government, you know, for the quote-unquote common good, you don't need to pay that back. But if you're you know, somebody who's producing 
know, iPods or iPads or something that people want to buy, well, then you're not so great and you have to pay it back. To the extent that Bernie Sanders has what seems to be the simplest uh, plan, which is free college, uh, are there any specific details to that that, that uh, are worth noting? Yeah, I don't think I'd have to go back and look, but he's not actually saying totally free college. What I think he's saying is, well, your tuition and fees might go away, but you'd still do have housing costs and things like that. that and he's involved. been pretty clear about that, tuition-free college. Yeah, yeah. So, And, and there are actually people probably uh, in his part of the left or maybe even the left of him say that's not nearly enough because they say you do have housing costs. And, and it's true, you, you also, you're not working during that time. And so a lot of people try and go back to college, they have families and they have jobs and it's hard to complete. And so they want to go a lot farther. So it's 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 right if you just look at tuition and fees, and I think it's only at state schools too. It's not at private schools, but if you look only at state schools, yeah, he's saying it's kind of free. But even he hasn't gone as far as some people would like, which is college costs you nothing, and you get money for all your other expenses while you're there. On K twelve, what have uh, candidates said? So K-12, uh, in particular on the Republican side, hasn't been as big an issue as a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought that you, we were going to have Common Core, in particular, be this sort of lightning rod that everybody was talking about. But the main reason they thought Common Core was going to be a big issue is because people thought Jeb Bush was going to be by far the leading candidate. And he was sort of the main champion for Common Core and Common Core's you know, national uh, curriculum standards that the federal government was heavily involved in coercing states to adopt, so with, with money and regulatory relief. And for a long time, the most high-profile person you'd say on the right supporting it was, was Jeb Bush. And people thought, oh, if he's if he's leading in this primary, they're going to hang it on him. They had an immigration to show he's a, he's a rhino or he likes big governor or something like that. Well, his campaign struggles have made that much less of an issue. And, and the, when you heard education come up in the Republican debates, it's only very quickly. And it was usually just somebody like Donald Trump or Marco Rubio or someone saying, oh, and by the way, Jeb, you like Common Core. And then there's no answer to it because he's not, he's not the one with the big target on his back. Uh, and then the other thing that's happened is No Child Left Behind was just replaced by the Every Student Succeeds Act, which is purported to basically remove the federal government from telling you what standards to have, telling you your accountability uh, system. In other words, you know, what the punishments are if you don't do well on tests that the government approves that are directly related to the standards that they've essentially told you to adopt, which are common core. The SSA supposedly gets rid of all that. Now, I think there are holes in how this is written where the Secretary of Education could tell you, I can't tell you, state, what's in your plan, but I can tell you I don't like your plan, and I'll just keep telling you that until you put what you know I want in there. There's debate about that. They still have to write the regulations. From the perspective of the campaign, what's important is that's also taken a lot of the heat that was, was in K through 12 that lots of people were angry about, and it removed it. And that was people on the left and the right. Teachers unions hated No Child Left Behind. They hated Common Core because that was a good way of you know, two words saying we don't like standards and tests imposed on us by the federal government used to evaluate teachers. And so once all that was sort of sucked out of the atmosphere, K-12 just 
ceased to be a big issue. Neil McCluskey is the director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's new iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>